you can't serve everybody. So you got to get very specific. Who is it that you specifically want to help? Drivers want to drive for us because they love being around pets. A National Geographic article said only 9% of plastic is recycled. And I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, oh, I'm contributing to the problem. This is Richard Gerhardt, and you just heard from our wonderful guests. Stay tuned and hear more. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart, intellectual property lawyer specializing in patents, trademarks, and copyrights. Oh, and I'm the media maven, Kenya Gibson, sitting in for Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome to Passage to Profit, the show that's all about entrepreneurism, innovation, and the intellectual property that helps it flourish. Happy to be here with you today, Richard. Well, it's always a pleasure to work with you, Kenya, and I'd like to get the things rolling by introducing our guest, Jonathan Milligan an online business coach, blogger, and author of Your Message Matters. So we also have Aparna Srinivansan, who is representing Spot On, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that, and also Denise Leota of Arte Mita. But before we get to our distinguished guests, it's time for IP in the news. I'd like to talk a little bit about a patent that Toyota had issued. It's kind of keeping in the theme of the show since we are going to be talking about pets a little bit later. But Toyota has developed a robot that can actually walk a dog. It's pretty innovative if you think about it because people love walking their dogs, but when the weather's bad, you know, maybe not so much. Kenya, have you had a chance to check out this patent? Yeah, I'm actually looking at the patent right now. It's very cool. There's even a mode where your dog can drive the vehicle using paw sensors. So who beats a <laughs> robot that can pick up poop and your dog can drive it as well? <laughs> yeah, I'm totally down with that. And if you look at the pictures in the patent, the robot is large enough that a person can sit in it. And it also automatically lengthens and shortens the dog's leash depending on the level of activity of the dog. So if the dog gets really excited, it rolls out more leash. But if the robot senses that the dog is going too far, it just stops and reels the leash in. So hopefully it prevents against accidents. Really innovative by Toyota. And like you mentioned, it picks up the poop too. It senses how the dog reacts or slows down or stops before it does its business. Then it washes the ground with a sprayer if it urinates on the sidewalk and it picks up the poop if it needs to do that. So pretty innovative technology by Toyota. So. It is. It does everything but walk the dog, right? If that, if I'm <laughs> it can walk the dog in a predetermined path or the owner can just sit there. It's great for disabled people. The technical overlords are taking over even the most fundamental things. So now it's time for Richard's roundtable. Jonathan, do you have any comments or thoughts about this new technology? Yeah, I was just thinking like we've entered the Jetson era. Um, <laughs> dating myself, but I, you know, I'm thinking about the maid robot that goes around and does everything for you. So I'm curious, like, does it mow the lawn, do some laundry? If it can do that, I might be interested. I think anything that can take away drudgery is great. The question is, is walking a dog drudgery? I think most people who have dogs really like it. I don't know how big the market- Except for the poop part. Except <laughs> for the poop part. Yeah, you have a dog. Yeah. So do you enjoy walking it? Would you give your dog over to a machine like this? I don't know. I do like walking him, but I do not like having to clean up after him. He's a pretty big dog too. Aparna? Toyota and I should talk. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> if a dog can start driving, maybe I can interview some dogs to drive for us. That would be a great thing. We'll hear more about your idea for pets coming up later in the show. Denise? I do have a dog, which I enjoy walking, but when the weather is bad, that definitely is something I may consider. But my question is, is this in market or they're just prototypes? That's a great question. As far as I know, they're not actually making them with a lot of patents. A lot of times they have a patent, but it doesn't end up getting commercialized for one reason or another, but it doesn't seem to be available yet. But it's an interesting project because Toyota has been involved a lot with robots and they have a pretty big robot section, not only robots for walking pets, 
but robots for general chores. I mean, they've been a leader in robotic technology for a long time. So it doesn't surprise me that they would come out with something like this for pets as well. So unfortunately, no, it doesn't seem like you're able to get it. The best we can recommend is hire the kid next door. <laughs> and hopefully they're reliable enough to show up and walk your dog when you need to. So we'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Richard Gearhart here with his media maven, Kenya Gibson. We do have as our guest, Jonathan Milligan, who is an online business coach, blogger, and author of Your Message Matters. So welcome to the show, Jonathan. Hey, thanks for having me. So we help writers, speakers, coaches, consultants figure out how to rise above the noise online and get paid for what they know. And really, we come alongside them to help them with the marketing and audience building piece to help them create awareness for their products and services. That sounds especially relevant now because there's just so much content out there that people are generating. So how do you work with people so that this happens? One of the things we teach is a process called igniting your message. And in order to really ignite that message, you've got to really nail down three things. Purpose, passion and people. So the purpose is a little bit of a unique framing of what most people think of. And I got to find my purpose in life. What we actually teach is you have to go inward. What is it that you're naturally good at? What are your strengths? Start with that. That is your purpose, how you show up best for others and how you serve the world. Then you can move to people. You can't serve everybody. So you got to get very specific. Who is it that you specifically want to help. The more specific you can be, the more powerful your communication becomes. And then finally, it's passion. And that's all businesses solve problems. So what problem are you passionate about solving? And when you get those three questions correct, you have ignited a powerful message in business. So one of the things that I teach is, you know, there's kind of four ways for writers, speakers, coaches, people with a message. There's four ways we can express ourselves. It's either writer, speaker, teacher, or coach. The good news is there are all kinds of ways we can get our message out. So if you're more of a writer, blogging is a great avenue for you. If you're more of a coach, Think about an interview podcast where you can ask really great questions, bring on really great guests. If you are more of a speaker, a YouTube channel is going to be easier for you than writing a blog. Or if you're a teacher, consider like live streaming where you're interacting with live audience, answering questions. It's like your virtual classroom. When it comes to nailing down your people, I like to think of it in terms of egoic labels. It's a, it's a word most people don't think of. Do you mean like ego? Okay. So what that is, it's labels we actually like, like dog owner. You know, I'm a dog owner or I'm a Mac user. I'm an attorney. I'm a whatever it is. It's those labels that we like. I'm an entrepreneur. So if you can narrow your audience down to one of those egoic labels, it can really help. Let me just ask Kenya, how would you egoic label yourself? I, I guess I don't want to say technically I'm a coach. I am a coach. I mean, is that considered a term or a title? I think that would be an egoic label. I also think creator because you're very creative. I definitely identify with being a creator for sure. And I was just curious, Jonathan, based on like all the things you've shared with us, what are some of the things that you see people doing wrong in this? 
this space because I feel like I've been trying to do social media for years. I've been trying to do all these other things, right? Like a lot of other people, and I'm sure I've done a million things wrong. What are some of the signs that you're not doing what you need to be doing? It's when you're trying to do too many things. This was the problem I had in the beginning. I wanted my original blog to be for everyone. I wanted to reach everyone because I told myself if I got too specific, it was going to take longer. That's what we think. But the thing is, the more specific your communication is, the more powerful your message is. So originally, when I first started, I was a career coach blogger back in 2009, and I wanted to try to reach everyone. And then I realized I need to get specific. So I decided to go in the accounting and finance niche. So I became an accounting and finance CPA career coach. And instantly I started connecting with people because if you think about it, you know, a, a typical accountant, they're not just looking for a general career coach. If they see that you're an accounting career coach, then immediately it's like, oh, he must understand my world. He must understand me. That's a big positioning that you can do. When I decided to start teaching blogging back in the day, I wanted to be known as the blogging guy. And I did that for years until about two years where I decided to rebrand once I had built up that business into starting to talk about more like messengers. So that's the term. I'm actually kind of creating a little bit of an egoic label and saying, if you have a message, if you're a messenger, writer, teacher, speaker, coach, I want to help you. Achieving your goals in terms of reach or audience, has that made a big difference? Absolutely. Because if you think about it, you become a big fish in a small pond instead of the small fish in a big old pond, right? When I was career coach, I was a small fish in a big old pond. But when I said I'm an accounting, I'm a CPA career coach, I became a big fish in a smaller pond. And there's less competition. There's just a lot that can come along with that. That's really interesting. And I think when entrepreneurs in general are considering their projects, they need to keep these things in mind by targeting very specific niche groups, getting a foothold there, and then growing from that spot. One of the things you talk about is how to discover your influencer voice. And so I think that kind of ties back to the writer, speaker, teacher, coach position, but maybe you could elaborate a little bit on that. Absolutely. So it was a few years ago where I had kind of a private weekend retreat and we had about 15 people coming. They had invested, you know, good money to be there for the retreat. And I started having conversation with them back then. I was primarily teaching blogging, but I kept hearing so many of them say, I just can't sit down and write. It doesn't come out that way. Like I'm a speaker or I'm, and I just heard them like giving those labels of what they were. I'm more of a coach or I'm more of this. And I walked away from that experience thinking, why isn't there an assessment to help influencers understand where their not competency is, because we can develop skills in all four of these areas, but where their core motivations lie. Because I believe your fastest path to impact is to use kind of your natural influencer voice. So for example, I'm more of a teacher. Uh, no surprise, my career started as a high school teacher, but I didn't like the confines of the classroom. I wanted a more lifestyle business, but I get to teach today. And so in the book, I actually put a 32 question assessment that we've had thousands of people go through. And what it does is at the end of it, it'll help you identify kind of where those four rank for you. So if, if writer comes more to the top, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a, a great writer. It's not competency, but it means your motivations, your core motivations are more in the writing. Like that's how you process your thoughts. That's how you develop ideas is through writing. Other people, it's through speaking. Give them a topic and they will express themselves better than if you gave them a blank page to type on. And so the assessment has really kind of unlocked a lot for people who've taken it to really help them hone in on where their strength is. Kenya, do you have a comment yeah. on that or? I was going to say that's good. You know, so you, once you have your voice, right, then obviously you kind of focus on what your marketing message is going to be. And you talk about a strategy that you teach called the hourglass funnel. And I wanted to know if you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So this came out of my frustration years ago with like feeling like I was doing everything right. Cause there's a big difference between being a serial entrepreneur and a simultaneous entrepreneur. A simultaneous entrepreneur is trying to do all the things and your energy is spread out in a, minute, a million directions, right? Where a serial entrepreneur gets a business up and running and then they move on to the next thing. 
There's a big difference between the two. But what I did was I identified the four main habits of the influencers that I was admiring at the time. And I realized that they spent 98% of their week on just four things. And those are create, capture, compile, and connect. Now I'll go way more in the book, but create is what are you doing to provide free value? Just like we're here, we're sharing good knowledge, what's going on in the news that helps bring an audience into your world. But more than just that, it's capture. How are we getting them on a list where we can nurture relationship with them? And so for me, all of my creating helps to funnel people down the hourglass funnel. If you think about the skinny part of a funnel, that's where we're leading people to is capturing them on a list. And then at the bottom of an hourglass is compile. That's where you nurture those prospects into products and services. And then the fourth one is the connect, which is kind of back up at the top. And that's all about how are you getting out there on social media, Facebook ads, getting out on other platforms to be interviewed, to kind of bring people into your world. And if you spend 98% of your week in those four keystone habits, you're really going to help move your business forward because it's a logical way to just grow a business. You know, one of the challenges of creating a business is doing things like that because before anybody gives you any money, they have to know you're there. But then you also have to execute on the other part of the business. So if you're providing taxi services, you've got to have a taxi, you've got to maintain it, you've got to drive people around, right? So how do you find the right balance between focusing on those things and sort of the operational piece? The way that I have my business set up is there's kind of four areas. It's marketing. That's all that free content, bringing people into your world. There's your sales process. So how are you converting them into a customer? And then there's that fulfillment piece. That fulfillment piece is key. And then finally, for me, it's more like the management, you know, the leadership development of your team. So the fulfillment and the management, what I do is in my business, since it's online, I have an online business manager. So this isn't a virtual assistant, but there's a real thing out there called an OBM for anybody who runs an online business. And that's where you get a certified OBM, an online business manager, to really help you take the reins of the management of some of your employees, not 100%, you still want to be involved, and the fulfillment piece to making sure it's happening. That way, for me, I get to focus on the things that I enjoy, which is, you know, more of the marketing and the sales. And so I think for a lot of people, they might be limited in like, well, how do I earn money with this? You know, I'm passionate about this. I want to write or I, I want to speak. Do I only get money when I get paid to be on a stage and speak? And the answer is no. There are lots of ways. So there's 12 different ways that I teach that you can earn income with a message. Now, the cool part is those also fit right back into the writer category teacher category. So teacher examples would be an online course, a membership site where you're showing up and teaching all the time to a paid community, right? You got the speaker, you could host your own live events. And then of course you got the coach where you can have a one-on-one -on -one coaching, a paid mastermind, a group coaching. So there are 12 different ways that you can develop. You don't have to do all 12. The truth is two or three, you can be. It sounds like you know, a lot. It, it is a but lot. Then you would get a lot of money too. So yeah, but, but you got to make sure you're handling that fulfillment piece too, right? The point is not to get overwhelmed, but really I, I see that there's kind of three core offers that you can have that can help sustain your business. And I think once you get there and you've got like a low ticket offer, you've got some kind of a subscription model, and then you've got a higher ticket offer that brings in the profit, then you've got something that's really working for your business. That sounds great. So can you give us some examples? So I'll give you an example in my business. So I primarily use a book as the low ticket, and it's a great way to build your audience towards your message, right? It's bringing them in your world. And so one of the things we do is we set up kind of a free book funnel where people can just pay for shipping, get the book, and then that gets them on the list. And then for me, the middle tier is a monthly subscription where you can join kind of my online school, if you will. And every month you're going to get live teaching, be able to ask questions. And then the higher ticket program is something that's more in the five to $10,000 range. We have a program called Insiders where you get assigned a coach. You get assigned a mastermind, 
And we're really like rolling up our sleeves and working in the business. And so for me, the book brings in new customers. It's a low ticket, easy way to expand your customer base. The subscription provides kind of the stability of income that every business needs. If we can get that to match the expenses, we're good. And then the higher ticket program is what really kind of brings in the profit in the business. And so, yes, there's 12 different ways of making income and you can mix and match these, but find three in those categories and set up your business to work for you, getting customers, getting subscription customers, and getting higher end clients. So if people are thinking about starting this type of business, how do they know if they have content that's going to resonate with other people to the extent that other people are going to invest their time and their money in absorbing their message? One of the things that I believe is that your message should come from your market, not from your mind. And so it's not about sitting here thinking, well, what content should I create? But there are tools we can go out there and find out like, what is my audience asking? What questions are they putting in Google? What questions are they asking in YouTube? Like what questions are they asking? And then we can create content that they want. So I did this back when I started as a career coach and my audience was asking, how long should a resume be? Should I use a functional resume or chronological? What do I do after an interview when I've heard nothing? And so let your message come from your market, not your mind, because we have access to so much content. And that's what I love about this is it's so much different than what a lot of people are doing out there, which is push marketing, right? They're just pushing products, services, deadlines, all this stuff. What you're doing in essence is you're creating poll marketing where you are pulling people into your world by giving so much value to them that honestly, it creates good, positive internal pressure to where they're like, man, I've got to buy this guy or this gal's product service because I've just received so much value out of their information. There tends to be when you're wanting to make a transition either to a new job, new place, new career altogether, there is either pulling factors or pushing factors. Pushing factors are often like, I don't like my job. It's a toxic environment. I'm getting kind of pushed out. Pulling factors are, I have this desire to do something else. I don't necessarily hate the people I'm with, but I really want to do something else. What has happened because of COVID is it's created both factors at the same time. Not only are we being pushed out, but we're filling this pull to do something different. And I think that's what's happening right now is there's a lot of that that's being stirred up. I kind of tend to agree with that. I worked in a large corporation before we started Gerhardt Law. And in a lot of ways, it was a great training ground, but I also didn't really feel like I could be myself there. And I didn't feel in control of my own destiny. And so we started Gerhardt Law. I literally worked out of my house in my attic for the first five years, but then we eventually built a very nice legal practice. And I'm much happier. And looking back, I say I was crazy, but I'm so glad that I took the risk and Elizabeth encouraged me to do that. I think I'm a much happier person now in my work life. And so I think a lot of people are starting to have those same kind of questions. Maybe they have a job that brings them a certain level of ego fulfillment status by being associated with a certain organization. But is this really who I am and what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? And I think COVID brought a lot of those questions to the surface and you have a lot of people, you know, reevaluating. I think now is a great time to start your own business and there's never been more tools to do that. So Jonathan, tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah. So I wanted this book to not just be another marketing book and what I've found working with people for the last 10 years in this space is that it wasn't the marketing tactics that they were missing. It's like they had a lot of knowledge there. What was going on was in their own head. Do I have value to bring? Will someone pay me for my advice? Does my message matter? And so what I think takes people by surprise in the book is the first half of the book is really about personal development. It's about figuring out how are you wired? What is your message? Do you believe that your message matters? And like convincing you of that part first and then the second half of the book goes into the marketing. How do you actually build that audience from scratch using today's media and today's technology? So that's the heart behind the book, the desire for the book. And it's been great. Been getting a, lots of great feedback from people who have read it. 
That's really great. I'm still trying to figure out how I could write a book about intellectual property and make it inspiring but and not too dry. But no, it's really great to hear about it. And where can people find your book? It's entitled Your Message Matters. So it's available in bookstores everywhere. But like I mentioned a few minutes ago, if you want a free physical copy, I've bought a few thousand books from my publisher so that I could send it out to people just to get it in their hands. So all you have to do is pay for the shipping and you can go to yourmessagemattersbook.com and get a free copy. They can find more about me there or our main website, which is marketyourmessage.com. Thank you so much, Jonathan. We have to take a break. We'll be back right after this on Passage to Profit. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearheartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We just had an extraordinary interview with Jonathan Milligan, author of Your Message Matters, and I think I can say with confidence, his message does matter. So does yours. And I certainly recommend that you check out his book and his website at www.marketyourmessage.com. But before we get to our presenters this evening, of course, it's time to talk about Fireside and also Power Move with Kenya Gibson. Elizabeth couldn't be with us. She has, believe it or not, something more important to do than co-host Passage to Profit, but I'm sworn to secrecy, so I can't tell you what it is. So Kenya is graciously fulfilling her role as co-host. Normally at this point, Elizabeth will give an update on Fireside, which is her project for creating an online directory of small businesses that uses videos as opposed to written words. And she's making uh, great progress. She finally found a web developer that she has a great deal of confidence in. And of course, because I'm an attorney and I'm also her husband, I had the luxury of reviewing the contract. And I just want to say that I think it's really important. The takeaway message from this is that it is important to have a professional review any kind of contract that you have with a vendor. Usually, for a simple contract, it's not that expensive, especially not in relation to what you're paying for the services. But in this particular contract, the web developer wants to own all of the underlying code and content of the website, which she is paying for. And that's a very frequent request if you're working with web developers, that while you may own the text and the copyright 
and even the pictures, they own the underlying system and the code to the website. In her case, they are having to specially develop the code for the website. And if she decides that she doesn't want to work with the developer for any reason, she would have to go to another developer and completely recreate the website, which could be very expensive. And especially when the project becomes successful, all she gets is a license to the website. And so if you're out there and you are creating a website, one of the fundamental things you want to make sure is that you actually own the content of the website so that you can take it somewhere else if you need to for some reason. And so she asked me to talk about that today. Elizabeth will be back next week. Now it's time for Power Move with Kenya Gibson. Kenya? Yeah. So for Power Move today, we're going to talk about Tiffany Norwood. She's actually being named entrepreneur entrepreneur of the year by Cornell and her company Tribetan uses technology, music, video, and animations to teach entrepreneurship, innovation, and practical creativity. She is also the co-founder of Swim Win Sports. It's the first ever digital sports league platform with tokens, online betting, and esports fantasy tournaments. And she launched that at the 2022 Super Bowl. So she's been a very busy lady. And she's the first black woman to receive this award from the Cornell University. So really excited for her. And believe it or not, when she was just a junior and the age of 19, she got her first patent then and licensed her first software code for a multi-billion dollar bank merger by the age of 24. So she's led, yeah, she's led eight startup companies. I feel way behind the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, double wow. I think she deserves a lot of awards for everything that she's accomplished. It's pretty amazing. And big congratulations to her. You know, the whole crypto thing is just exploding now, but she's leading the way and the rest of us will have to catch up. But congratulations to her. So who's up for our presenters this evening? Up next, we have Aparna Srivansan. Tell us about your project. Yeah. Hi, I'm the founder and CEO of Spot On. We are a ride hailing service for pets and the people who love them. We currently service all of the five boroughs of New York City. What we do is we actually provide rides for people to take their pets with them in and around currently New York City. Hopefully the gods shine upon us and we can expand into other cities. But we also do pet only rides. So if you're a busy pet parent and happen to be on an interview like me and my dog has to go to the vet or the groomer, you can request a ride specifically for them. Let them travel all by themselves very safely and conveniently to their destination. Wow. What made you come up with this concept for Spot On? Selfish reasons. I had two dogs when I was living in LA, two big dogs. It was very difficult for us to get around town, especially going to the airport. Although I live six miles from the airport, it was like playing roulette every time I called a taxi or another ride service, or I had to pay my car service hundreds of dollars just to go simply to the airport a few miles or beg friends. And, you know, there's only so many begging you can do. So I decided to see if there was something like this out there. And there really wasn't. Uh, The existing services are not tailored to the pet industry like we are. We provide vetted drivers that are pet friendly. They're not all pet friendly, meaning Richard, if you had two Great Danes, we wouldn't send out a smart car. And Kenya, if you're (laughs) one of our drivers and allergic to cats, you can state that and you would never get a cat request. Hmm. So we're kind of tailoring it specifically to the situation. Everybody knows ahead of time what they're getting into. So the chances of you not getting that ride are very, very slim. Really, we haven't dropped a ride, I don't think, for a reason other than the car got disabled or something like that. So, of course, the question everybody's asking is, are there any animals that you won't take in a car? We take pets that are considered small animals. If you need a special permit or an exotic permit for your pet, it's to the discretion of the driver, but we as a company highly discourage it. We don't really want someone's alligator in the car. So So you don't have any horse trailers? Currently, no, but (laughs) you are not the first person to ask if we can transport horses. And again, we're a small company and we're growing and hopefully in the future, that could be something that we do as well. 
are these rides, do they tend to be more expensive than your Uber rides? I mean, there must be extra things that you have to do, right, in order to make this work. Yeah, so we do. Our rides are a premium service. If you want to kind of equate us, we're more in the Uber Black range. We're not like your Uber X or Lyft Lux. We're in that Uber Black range. And that's because we have a higher level of service that we offer. Our drivers are, again, vetted. They go through the animal cruelty database. We have backseat covers to mitigate pet wear and tear in the cars. We have safety restraints to keep the pets safe during travel. And if you happen to get one of our larger cars, we have GPS trackable smart crates to allow you to safely put your pet inside and track its movement. Yes, you can do that via the app, but this actually tracks the compartment that they're in. I was just curious, do you have any unique transportation stories that you can share with us? Because I'm sure this was a learning curve at first. (laughs) It definitely was. I'm actually not a driver. I should have had one of my drivers on this uh, interview, but I have heard some crazy things. Somebody requested a ride with one dog and one cat and ended up having six cats. You might think that that's not a big deal, but when you are trying to drive a car with six (laughs) screeching cats in the car... It sounds like a a nightmare. Holy cow. I can speak from experience that our cats hate going into the car because every time they're in the car, they're going to the vet, which they also don't like very much. Yeah, we get that a lot. Sorry to interject. We get that a lot. And a lot of our cat customers tell us that after they've been in a spot on, their cat is actually calm. And the entire experience in the vet office is much better. And I think that major factor is because there's no stress. There's no stress in our cars. It's happy, it's friendly, and we provide a way for people with their pets to make sure that they get somewhere safely and stress-free. Well, that's really great because anytime a cat has to go to vet, the anxiety level in the house is so high. We're running around chasing the cat. Then you have to like put it in the case, which they love being put in a travel case. I mean, that's just things that cats like. And then they're meowing all the way out to the car and two people trying to calm the cat as we drive through and hit the traffic and everything. So your service sounds like a definite improvement over that. But animals in general, are they okay being alone without their owners under those circumstances? circumstances? The way that we train our drivers to ensure that the pet is calm and safe in the car brings that travel process that much easier for that pet. They feel comfortable. As long as a pet feels comfortable, they feel safe. Jonathan, do you have any questions? Yeah, my question was more on the like the driver side and like the business opportunity side, because I noticed on your website that you've got some great testimonials of people who've enjoyed working with you over even Uber or Lyft as a driver. Can you talk about like that process for someone interested and maybe earning some income as a driver? Yeah, absolutely. If you drive for us, the basic motto is you're going to drive less and make more. Not only are our rates obviously higher, but we are a different company or we're trying to be a different company. And one way that I'm trying to do that is by offering drivers a bigger percentage of the fare. So typically we offer about 80% of the fare, which is extremely high if you look at the other players in the business. And I feel that it's very important for us to do that because we're asking drivers to go above and beyond, not just, hey, take somebody across the street, but we're asking them, hey, take somebody or the pet alone, put it in the car, There's going to be hair. There's going to be pet traffic, little paw prints everywhere, but do it safely, do it in a friendly way. And I just feel that we have to give them a little bit more of an incentive. And honestly, when I first started the company, I thought that was the main reason it ends up not being drivers want to drive for us because they love being around pets. A lot of the drivers come back to us and say, oh my God, I love this passenger. Can you make sure that I get their ride all the time? And we do have a feature on our app where you can select your favorite driver. And every time you request a ride, it'll go to that list first before going to everybody else. So we're trying to create more than just get a ride and go across the street or go across town. What we're trying to do is create a real community. That's great. Do the pets ever like do their business in the cars? (laughs) 
Uh, we've had some accidents in the cars and that's why we provide the drivers with the backseat covers. They are water resistant. They can get cleaned up quickly because if you're looking at a driver, their main goal is to make sure they're on the road taking a ride so they can make money. We don't want them to be worried about pulling their car out, going to a detailing shop and making sure it's clean for the next ride. We really want to mitigate as much as possible issues that could happen. So how can people find you? How do they contact Spot On? Yeah, you can simply go to our website, www.spoton.pet, and that's P-E-T. Anyone listening to the show is going to get a coupon code P2P. Uh, It'll give you 20% off your first ride. You can also download our app, our amazing smartphone app, on both iTunes and Google Play. And one last thing, we do have another incentive, another mission that we're trying to push out. It's called Take a Ride, Save a Life. What we've done is we've partnered up with rescue organizations and foster organizations throughout New York City. And again, hopefully we do this around the country and the world. Anytime you use a coupon code from one of our partners, we give that partner a free ride so they can take one of their adoptable pets to either an office uh, vet visit or to find their forever home. That's absolutely magnificent. We really appreciate that. And thank you so much for being on the show. We'll be right back. You're listening to Passage to Profit, not with Elizabeth Gerhardt, but with media maven Kenya Gibson. And we'll be back right after this message. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years. Hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world. QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me. Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart With our co-host, media maven, Kenya Gibson. Who's up next, Kenya? So we have Denise Leota, who is the founder of Arte Media, an eco-conscious health, beauty, and well-being lifestyle brand created by women for women. Welcome to Passage to Profit, Denise. Thank you. It's so great to be here. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about Arte Media. So Arte Media is, as you mentioned, an eco-conscious health, wellness, lifestyle brand for women. We are offering nutritional supplements. First one is a multivitamin. We are plastic free. So it is not in a white plastic bottle. It's in a compostable pouch. And if you don't compost, it's okay because we include an envelope that is pre-addressed and stamped to send your empty pouch to us and we'll compost it for you. That's really cool. Is that expensive? It actually is expensive. Yeah, it's definitely on the expensive end, but our goal is to create awareness and educate and make a change. And just little changes will be the key to making our lives and the earth better. That's really great. I did look at your website before the show. It's a beautiful website and it's at A-R-T-E-M-I-D-A dot love. I really felt that it was kind of a spiritual community oriented website and the photography is beautiful. So how did you end up getting into this business? I have been in the nutraceutical space for 25 years, essentially doing direct mail. That's what we did. We sold supplements via direct mail. And I really wanted to create something very different, really a community and a lot of brands have communities, but it was a matter of doing everything just a little bit different, a little bit better. And to Jonathan's point earlier, what's your purpose? What are you passionate about? What matters to you? I couldn't find any brand that I felt truly resonated with what I was looking for, even the previous brands I was involved in. 
So I went and searched and found what I felt would be important to me and other women I was speaking to. And we launched last Earth Day without a product to sell, just to get the messaging out there, you know, engage, just to spark a conversation and really rethink how they believe what good health is. It's not just taking a supplement. It really is, how do you think? More than just what you put in your body, it's thoughts in your head. What are you consuming TV-wise, social media-wise? So how do you go beyond that, changing your thinking and broadening your thinking? It's really just becoming aware of something you were not aware of before to make you think, "Hmm, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. Oh, yeah, I could do this a little differently. I could make a change. You know, really everything that goes along with really true well-being. I really was moved by one section of the website where doing little things, taking tiny baby steps can make a difference. And it's true. If we all take the right kinds of tiny steps, then we can have an impact. That's absolutely true because I can speak for myself. I didn't always recycle. I'd be like, yeah, if I do it, or I'm so busy, I'm not gonna. And then I read a National Geographic article that said only 9% of plastic is recycled. And I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, I'm contributing to the problem. And then once I became (laughs) aware of that, I didn't want to contribute to the problem anymore because I really assumed it was more like 91% was recycled. And it's not. Once I became aware of how I was contributing to something, I didn't want to do that anymore. You know, it's really just trying to just be better today than I was yesterday, better tomorrow than I am today. That's all. Jonathan? Yeah, I'm curious, uh, what's some of the feedback or benefits from customers of yours? They love it. Our Synergy multivitamin, it's got three different blends and it just adds a little bit more than a standard multivitamin, but they love the packaging. They love the aesthetic. They love the feeling that basically we give and it's intentional in one way, but on the other hand, it really, it's not intentional. We want to create something that's different, create a way of women thinking about their health differently, about the world differently. And if we sell the product, that's great, but every business is in the business to make money, but we don't come from that approach. We come from, let us tell you how you could do things better. Maybe we can offer something different. And if it resonates, then fantastic. And it goes to Jonathan's point earlier, not everybody is your customer. Absolutely not. You know, you really have to know your audience and we feel our Tamita captures the audience resonates. Kenya? I'm assuming all that is trademarks because I read here that you love trademarks. I do love trademarks. You have a lot of experience with trademarks and you've been on both sides of the fence when it comes to infringement and direct mail nutritional wellness. I love intellectual property. I don't have much experience with patents, but a lot with trademarks. And when I was coming up with the name, I had to be very cautious and to come up with the name Synergy. That was not our first choice. I mean, there were so many different variations that we had to go through. And sometimes we're like, darn it, you know, we can't have it. You know, even our tagline, women plus our trademark, discover your inner goddess, trademarked. However, discover your inner goddess in classification 05, which are supplements, that's great. But 03, which is like skincare cosmetics, it would infringe. So if I was to offer a skincare or cosmetic, we just would not put discover your inner goddess on it. And I've consulted for people who have been online, they want to get in direct mail. And a few times we've had to change their product name, even their brand name, because they were not aware that they were infringing. I really appreciate you bringing this out because it's really important before you put a product out in the market to check and make sure that somebody else hasn't already trademarked it because it's much easier to change names when you don't have an investment in packaging and advertising and promotion than it is to try to make a brand name change when you've been on the market for one or two or three years. Relatively inexpensive insurance and especially in cosmetic supplements, it's a crowded field. There's a lot of products out there and there's a lot of trademarks. So you do have to be careful. I think for any business, it's important. Did you ever actually end up in court in any of these disputes or was it just a matter of mudslinging and letters or how did they resolve themselves? We never went to court to litigate. It was all settled and negotiated out of court, but it was a lot of backup and discovery and just proving or disproving 
And honestly, again, both sides of it, you know, accused of infringing, accusing somebody else of infringing. And I never want to put myself there, would highly recommend it's avoided. And there are times also where I came across a product that I own the trademark to, and I would just send a letter myself. I wouldn't get an attorney involved and say, hey, I'm sure you didn't know, but we're the owner and I'm happy to let you sell out the remaining inventory you have. Just please agree that you'll no longer use it. I've had great luck with that. Yeah. And I would definitely recommend that as a first volley. There are things that you have to be wary of in that approach. You have to make sure that your product really was on the market first, because if you don't, then that can backfire and they can say, well, (laughs) wait a minute, we were on before you. So we're going to come after you. You have to be careful with that. But the other point I wanted to make is entrepreneurs really don't have a lot of time and they certainly don't have the resources to spend on litigation. People forget that if you get tied up in a case, the CEO and maybe other members of the team are going to have to spend a lot of time digging up documents, going through depositions, answering questions, time with the attorney when they really should be spending their time building their business. So just getting that trademark search done early can save a lot of pain. So what kind of plans do you have going forward then for your product line? We're definitely going to begin expanding it and have a full range of nutraceuticals. Really, I think what you're doing is great, especially in the space of women's health. I mean, God only knows there's a million things out there that you could take, and it's really hard to just pick the right thing. So I love that you seem to be taking this more customized approach to making sure people are taking the right stuff that actually works. Very true. Where can people find out more about your product and your company? On our website, artemita.love. That's great. So thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and trademark office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. It's Passage to Profit. You know, the nice thing about Passage to Profit is that it's a way to see the future evolving in terms of new products, new ideas, and I always have a great time interviewing our guests. So tonight, we had Jonathan Milligan on business coach, blogger, and author of Your Message Matters. And listening to Jonathan, I'm beginning to believe that my message matters. I encourage everybody to seek out Jonathan. His website is www.marketyourmessage.com. So pretty easy to remember. And make sure you grab a copy of his book too. After that, we had a partner, Shranivasan, an entrepreneur making travel safer and more convenient for pets and pet owners, spot on S-P-O-T-O-N dot pet. And Apartna, you also have a product code for our listeners if they want to get a free ride at Spot On. So what is the product code for them? Yes. Your listeners who are in the New York City area can use P2P. The letter P, the number two and the letter P. And finally, we had Denise Leota, who really presented a wonderful supplement for women's health. And she's creating a fantastic community for women who are really tuned in to themselves spiritually and are connecting with themselves and want to improve their health with a very special supplement. And she can be found at Artemida, A-R-T-E-M-I-D-A, dot love. And so check out her products and her website there. So before we go, I'd like just to ask Jonathan for any parting thoughts. The thing that I heard today that it was one of the common themes, especially for those out there who want to start a business is scratch your own itch. 
We have seen that with all the guests where there was some problem that they saw and they decided to get passionate about solving that problem. And I think when you do that, it allows you an opportunity to do something you enjoy for your work and also provide a service to people that are out there. What a wonderful thought. Kenya? Yeah, I think for me, the takeaway was the importance of well-being, well-being with your brand, well-being with your business, well-being with your pets. And obviously health is the most important thing that we have. So, you know, just taking care of ourselves and making sure that we're balanced in every area of our life was what I got today. That's great. Before we go, I'd like to thank our producer, Noah Fleischman, our program coordinator, Alicia Morrissey, and our video editor, Chatterboss. We'll be back soon with another episode of Passage to Profit. Mm-hmm.